the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our humanity is on the line. Thank God the Christmas season is near. The signs of human beings losing interest in being human anymore are actually all around us. But I'm assuming that I know what a human being is when I say that, so I'm going to tell you what I think a human being is, and maybe you will agree. Human beings are the apex of God's creation. We are made in the image of God, and that makes us material and supernatural beings. Though we fell into sin, we know that God loves us because he became flesh in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. He lived and died and was risen from the dead for us. We're all unique. We have personalities. We know the difference between right and wrong. The ultimate calling on our life is found in the law of God, to love God and to love our neighbor. And that means that we are called to pursue truth and beauty and excellence in all that we do. What makes us different from animals is that it is our aspiration towards beauty and order and design, civilization and virtue. But never underestimate our ability to throw all of that away. We debase ourselves when we forget what makes us human and we value basic pleasures, we pursue basic pleasures, or we don't believe that anything has meaning and all attempts at beauty are seen as equally valid, or we desire only to live longer here on earth as though that would be our greatest accomplishment, thinking that would be the high mark of our existence would be to say, I don't know, live for 110 years here and now. Christianity has something to say against all of those lies. But let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about. This week, teachers in South Dakota participated in a competition for dollars. Maybe you saw this headline. 
$5,001 bills were placed in the middle of an ice hockey rink, and teachers were given ice skates during the halftime or something, and they were to skate out and compete for these dollar bills. They were to grab as many as they could, as fast as they could, stuffing them into whatever pocket they could. And in theory, this money went to their schools to buy supplies. Now, I know we have a few teachers in the assembly this morning. I hope you're offended, because I am for you. Is this really what we are reduced to? Watching fellow human beings compete and fight for dollar bills? More to the point, are small events like this during hockey uh, halftimes? I know they have three quarters, so it's not technically halftime, but you get the idea. Uh, Is this just the beginning or the continuation of a trend where human beings will do battle with one another for prizes? Sure, I know that reality TV's quote-unquote, been around for a while, and it's, it's reached some pretty low lows. And I know we have sports where people are vying, you know, in, in essence to a degree to win or for money. But are we on our way to entertaining ourselves, watching those in need of money? I guess we don't give our schools enough money to fight for $1 bills. Is there any chance that something like this will become more mainstream? I hope not because it dishonors our humanity. This week, I read a critique of a very fancy restaurant that served a disastrous meal. This 27-course meal included edible strips of paper, deep-fried rancid cheese, not deep-fried cheese, that's delicious, deep-fried rancid cheese, and drops of liquid said to contain meat molecules. I hope that wasn't the entree. The food critic whose viral blog about this meal, okay, she is probably a fan of experimental food. And for her friends, they paid $1,500 for the pleasure of this meal. But she wrote a scathing critique of it. Lots of people read it. And the absurdity of it was too much even for her. She said she thought she entered the twilight zone, saying, I feel like I'm in a parody of what modernist cuisine has become. Well, how about modernist art in general, okay? How about modernist or really postmodern philosophy, which is often a celebration of meaninglessness? Now, if you don't believe me, Listen to the chef's response to this article that was written and went viral. He wrote back a three-page response, each with a picture of uh, art on, on each page. Now, on the first page was a simple drawing of a man on a horseback. And his point was, hey, any idiot can go to an art class for an hour and learn how to draw a picture of a guy on horseback, right? The second picture was the famous portrait of Napoleon Bonaparte on his his victorious horse, right? It's a beautiful piece of art, very famous, very traditional. And the chef said, hey, this traditional art is great. It takes a lot of skill, but it's old and boring. We're past that way of doing art. And then the third 
piece of art he, he showed was what can only be described as postmodern art garbage. It was trash. It was ugly. It was some blobs of paint on a canvas, and we're told that it's genius. He said, this is the future of art. This is like his food, you see. It was great art, but only the truly great artists of our day could appreciate it. According to the chef, his abstract kind of food, remember, eating paper, okay, was meant to make those who ate it, quote, doubt everything, including themselves. Those who dine at his restaurant, he said, should ask themselves, what is art? What is food? What is a chef? What is a client? What is good taste? What looks beautiful? Now, I'm kind of preaching to the choir here. I'm guessing not many of us go to experimental food restaurants. Okay, most of us are perfectly happy with a burger and fries or a, you know, a cheese enchilada, right? But but this pretentious, quasi-artistic view of life, it has already seeped deeply down into the culture because it's it's a form of deconstruction, right? Oh, nothing is... All the traditional ways of doing these things, those are old. Okay, we're interested in deconstructing everything, even the very food that we eat. I say, uh-uh. No, we are in the, in the civilization building business. Deconstruction is not our aim, not even in our food, especially not in my food. Then there are the stories, too many to count, about efforts to live forever, You know, not in heaven, but through better medicine or technology. The goal of the transhumanists is to transcend the traditional barriers to human life. You know, things brought on by our fall into sin, you know, disease and death. And they hope to transcend these barriers to our natural life through technology. Not content, of course, to love God and love neighbor, to uh, let God be God, to let his death on the cross for you be sufficient. No, many people are hoping for all the benefits of faith, like eternal life, with none of the costs. In, uh, in, In trying to pursue a life without their creator, they think they're transcending the human reality, but in fact they're leaving their humanity behind. They've made a creation, a machine, a piece of software, a computer, a drug, their God. And they have ignored the God who created them. Now, these are just vignettes. These are just news headlines that I'm trying to use to contrast what Christians think is good and worthwhile, worth pursuing, what it really means to be a human. Christians should see stories like this. We should reject these trends actively. We need to be disciplined in our mind to see the foolishness for what it is. We need to be embracing the realities of what it means to be human. And that is all of life, the joys, the sorrows, the shortcomings, the hopes. In so many ways, this is what our faith teaches us. And our text today, 
Well, it could not possibly be a more humanizing story. In and of itself, it is a vignette. It's a headline. It's a story. It, it is what it looks like to be a human being. Here are two pregnant women of no great distinction, of no great means or wealth. They share in the joy of motherhood together. I mean, nothing could be more pure. John the Baptist, as he would later be called, he leaps for joy in his mother's womb at the mere presence of the newly incarnate Christ. Elizabeth is overwhelmed to be in the presence of the mother of her Lord. That's an amazing phrase. The mother of her Lord is what she says about Mary. And then Elizabeth says, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by her Lord. Now, the implication of what Elizabeth says is amazing. Okay, Mary is the mother of her Lord, and also she talks about prophecy that is promised by the Lord. And the Lord is the same person in each occasion, or the same being to be a good Trinitarian. But the portrait of these two women encapsulates real human life. This is an aspirational image for us because it shows the kind of uh, joy and hope that we can possess in the midst of changing times or new adventures or the kinds of anxieties that come with, you know, starting families or starting new adventures in life. This is a vignette. It's a portrait of what it looks like to be human. We should be so lucky to live in moments like Mary and Elizabeth had, in the midst of change and fear and hope, and yet we look forward, we look forward to what God has promised, to be content with what God has given you. I mean, you don't see Mary and Elizabeth going, this was the wrong time to get pregnant. You know, we don't have enough money for a kid, right? They don't say that. To confess that you have a God, that he has come into your midst. We believe that, right? That God has come into our midst? That's what happened in this vignette. To see beauty, not in questioning everything like that ridiculous chef, okay? We don't deconstruct things and think that's how we find meaning. That's ridiculous. But we look for meaning in God's concrete words and actions, That's what Elizabeth says. Blessed is one who finds joy in the fulfillment of what was spoken by God. And to see humanity, this should go without saying, but to see humanity, not only in the unborn, of which we have two unborn persons in our gospel text today, but by extension, the sick, the elderly, and the infirm. To be our very best selves, because this is about being human, right? To be our very best selves, it involves discipline. It involves a commitment to the good and the true and the beautiful. And in those pursuits, you will fail. You'll fail a lot more often than you would like. And yet, in those pursuits, we learn what it is to be human. Can you be content with that? Or will you want more? Will you grow bored with that pursuit? Will you grow greedy for gain 
Will you delight in the pain of others like those poor teachers scrambling for dollars? I hope no Christian watched that. I hope they saw it and got up and walked out. Will we question everything, including our own existence? I hope not for your sake. Will you seek friendship and an afterlife in machines? I hope not. Isn't it funny that while we obviously think so little of being a human being with all of its joys, with all of its hopes, that God has, he thinks so much of being a human being. So this Christmas, embrace your humanity. God became a human being for you. And the story of Mary and Elizabeth, it's a rare and precious window, a little vignette into the beginnings of that work of God becoming a human. Don't look past it. Embrace it. Be content with it. God was. Can we be? Amen.